Howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and a Half. It is me, Matt King, with my co-host here, Mike Sheffer. That's me. And welcome. Thank you guys for being here. Happy holidays. Uh, whatever it is you're celebrating, I hope that you're having a good one. Hope you're surrounded by people, <laughs> your loved ones, your friends, your family. And if you're not, hopefully you're being very kind to yourself. You're treating yourself. You're listening to this podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much. It's been an incredible year. We have our new set for 2024 now. That's right. Really coming together. We got new lights in here. Uh, we're setting it up. We got some boxes for uh, something, a surprise that Matt will probably be posting sometime. Oh, uh, wait, the surprise, the giveaway thing? Yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're not saying what that oh, is. Oh, we're yet. not talking about what that is. That um, won't even be out. But we're back with our last episode of the year. Uh, so this is also like a Happy New Year special, maybe a 2023 recap of all the great things we've done this year. That's right. And just my last time seeing Matt until the new year. Can you believe it? It's okay. We've... I'm going I'm to miss you. Sorry I keep messing with this damn microphone, man. It's not... Uh, sorry, guys. He's an amateur. I'm, I'm trying to work with him here. He, he's sort of forced on me as a co-host, and I don't really know. I love I love microphone arms, though. I just tend to fidget with them. But, Mike, uh, what I wanted to ask you, did yes. you get Hanukkah? Yeah, oh, I did. Thank you. Yes, I did. I went to a, like three Hanukkah events this year in LA, which I've never done before. Events? Yes. Like, Not parties. Like, well, party slash events. Soirees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the difference between like a soiree, a gala, a symposium? Uh, Actually, I have no clue what a symposium is. There's but th there is, is there a true difference between all of them i think there is you want do you want to go ahead and look up uh the difference between a soiree what do you hey now do you think you know the differences between a all of them mm -hmm. i think a symposium their symposium is like where someone's given a speech of some kind and a gala to me what comes to my mind is the met gala and i think that that's a fancy that's a ball was that a dinner does gala include dinner gala includes a really nice dress like okay. a gown you're okay. wearing a gown so is it Fashion-based, the difference between these? A soiree is... Soiree, for me, what's coming to my mind, if it's a soiree, the music <laughs> is key. Okay. Like, you, they're not playing, like, EDM at a soiree. No, it's got to be something with strings. Maybe a violin has... You're hearing a lot of violin music at a soiree. Yeah. Are we looking up New York Post to find um, the definition? <laughs> I'm just... Oh, I just had the New York Post up. But, okay. No, okay, a soiree is an evening party or gathering, typically in a private house for conversation or music. So it's at a house. See, they go. They did tie in music. And it's at a house. So that might be a key indicator. Private residence. I was at a party last night, and it felt more like a soiree than a party, which was fine. The ski, the ski, apres ski? Apres ski event, which, yeah, I thought was going to be more of a rager. But it was lovely. I enjoyed every bit of it. Dude, Lance Bass was there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Do you know who Lance Bass is, Mike? He is the uh, singer from Sync who wanted to go to space. Yeah, I forgot about that. Lance yeah. Bass almost went to space. Yeah, as like an honorary astronaut, or was he actually training to be one? I, I think it's one of those like rich people celebrities. Just if you have a lot of money, you can go to space. Um, so now I'm going to pull up the definition for gala. Okay, and a gala is a social occasion with special entertainments or performances. Used oh. in a sentence, a black tie gala that begins with a cocktail reception. Okay, so, you want. So if someone's performing and there's good entertainment, it can be a gala, wherever it is. So can a gala be a soiree? Like a pizza party could be a gala. And it could, So is it like a square rectangle thing where like a gala could be a soiree, but a soiree can't be a gala? Uh, that, that's what it seems like it. Okay. And how now, about a symposium versus a conference? 
Symposium. Symposium is, well, is, symposium is a conference. Okay. Um, it says it's a conference or meeting to discuss a particular subject. Oh, so you're there at a symposium to talk about one, one subject. The conference maybe is like different speakers, maybe talking about different things. And networking. I always feel like you're a symposium in a movie. It's always some character has to get ready for her big symposium and she has to go speak at the Correct. symposium. Like, I've never been invited to or attended a symposium. Have is you? Is TED Talk a symposium or is that a conference? That sounds like it's, I think it's a conference. Okay. The TED Conference. I would love to go to a symposium. Have you ever been to TED Talks? No, I don't think so. I feel like now TED Talks used to be the coolest, like, event ever. Like, I feel like in the beginning of, like, I don't know, like the YouTube days, like in 2008 and 2010, yeah. like... Early TED days of hearing people just speak about something really but then hyper they made specific. So many like branched off TED events where it's like, TEDx. like there's a TED event probably going on down the street and it's like an open mic night. It's like <laughs> what happened to the highly regarded TED Talk? TEDx Scottsdale. <laughs> I know I'm asking questions that you might not know the answers to, but for TED, do you get invited to speak at TED or do you ask to speak at TED? Here's what I've heard is you get invited, but you still need to purchase your own ticket to what? ted your own flights your own hotel so every speaker has to fund their own trip to ted there it changes across the world right like it'll be like ted like th there's a the big ted ted world ted lasso <laughs> ted lasso close personal friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> should we say that story no I don't no think so. we can't but man if we could guys we wish we could continue on i that did story. see you posted a screenshot on snapchat which i was and it was real people didn't believe it really i still want to be so vague about it though <laughs> right now but if you did see my snapchat story from mana whenever you're listening to this like a, i don't know it was real. <laughs> Whoever Mike got a text from, gossip down in the comments. And okay, so how much is then? Ted I think it's expensive. I think it's like two grand for a ticket. Is it like a week long? I think it's. It, I don't. I really don't know. What um, is your favorite TED Talk of all time? Uh, there's one that I, I. I think the most impactful one I saw was this guy explaining the correct way to use paper towels when you're drying your hands. Cool. Uh, he his whole theory is like we're all wasting a lot of paper towels because when you think about washing your hands people just grab and grab and grab and grab oh my dad is notorious for grabbing too. my dad will take a paper towel and then he'll wrap it like around <laughs> his arm 10 times like he's almost giving himself a medical cast like a mummy he's yes. mummifying his arm and he but he, he he'll get on to everyone else like you're taking too many napkins or you're you're using too much of this but i'm like look at you with paper towels dad okay so uh, what are so we doing wrong with paper towels this guy gave his ted talk and he had like a roll of paper towels and it's ironic because he went through a lot to go through his point but what he says is the key you only need one paper towel every time you wash Does your the hands. brand matter no because i do think like it, i mean unless there's you get, a different when you buy if you're at the port authority in newark and you get those paper thin ones and it's like a you know barely anything maybe you'll take two but here's the key when you finish washing your hands you give it 10 shakes one two three four five six seven eight, nine ten and then once you're done shaking your hands you got like 90 percent of the water is he off. doing this in front of yes. the audience yes he's, he's got like, like a little shaking sink. out water and he, he does it like seven times to show you and he goes like look i'm gonna wash my hands and then he doesn't shake his hands. He's like, one paper towel, two paper towel. It's still not dry. Then he does this, and he takes one paper towel, and the keys, you fold that in half. So that way, you double. get, like, double ply. And I truly, I, since I've seen that, I've only, I only use one paper towel every time. You just do the handshake. He's doing kitchen paper towels, not, like, bathroom paper towels, right? Like, okay, like, like brown paper towels. It could be any. Okay. The fold in half, though, that's the key, because you really get double the absorption. And if you get a good paper towel, you might not even need to fold it in half, but... It is like he does it so many times that you're just so convinced. And that's, I think, the only TED Talk that I can, like, remember 
to take action from. Wow. Otherwise, I it's love like... that he got he made his way to Ted, and he's not talking about <laughs> discovering some new mineral or nope. some cave that's deep in Thailand. Nope. This guy's like, nah, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna tell these people how to just dry their hands more effectively. <laughs> and you know what? He probably has saved like so many trees by giving that TED talk. Because someone like me and however many hundreds of thousands or millions of people have seen it. If they took it to heart, are using way less paper towels. Damn. It's the handshake. It's all about the one, two, three. And you do it like ten times. Oh, man. My holidays are going to be real interesting, me telling my dad this. You should show him the TED Talk. Well, maybe my dad's not doing it to dry his hands. He's doing it to, like, clean up. Kind of. I am a big napkin hoarder. When I eat a sandwich... I don't know what it I is. I can't stand napkins, though. Why can't all napkins... Okay, I understand fancy napkins. Okay. If you're at, like, a nice dinner. Give Sometimes me a fancy those napkin. fancy napkins but don't paper, absorb, though. Like, paper little napkins? Yeah. That people have, like, cake napkins like and stuff? E- like, once e- Fuck that. Oh, like, the that's ones that are, not- like, a de- size of a deck of cards? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't get those out of my face. No. I- and they're not absorption, either. They're made out of, like, waxy paper that doesn't do the job. Have you ever seen, like, the really old-school paper towels, how they used to be, like, in the 30s? No, I don't think so. It, it was, like like an infinite loop like you didn't rip off the paper towel you would just roll it out until it was it was all oh, part of one thing yeah. and you go up and like what you see it like in movies sometimes yeah i know it, exactly look, what you're talking it looks about disgusting it's like a treadmill hanging upside down yeah yeah, yeah. and everyone's <laughs> just like washing their hands on that same piece yeah you know what i do if you go to a fancy hotel and they just have a stack of like actual towels like hand towels and they got the little bin at the bottom to toss them in that's pure luxury. Oh, yeah. Like at a nice hotel or a nice or restaurant. Or a nice house. If you go to someone's house oh, and they yes. have their paper towels in a basket, like or like a yep. looks like a paper basket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it has like even their, their family's Insignia. initials, yeah. their, their crest, <laughs> you are in a very nice home. I just think about the laundry time that it would take to just deal with your fucking bathroom towels. It's like, oh, but who's got the, the time? No, the ones that I see aren't are, are disposable, though. They're disposed. Oh, they they oh, look oh. so nice where you feel guilty even putting it in the trash can. That's that's yeah. when it's like, is this? Yeah, am I allowed to throw this away right now? Especially if it has like a yeah writing on it. You're like, well, is this reusable? Because they clearly customize this. Like, I don't oh, but know. They invest a big. I mean, usually though, you put that in like the guest bathroom. Yeah, that's the the one where the bathroom is where most people. And they use. usually have the fancy soap that's like in the shape of a starfish or something, and it's like, do you use? You know what I can't soap. stand? I can't stand a bathroom that has sea decorations. And you're not <laughs> by the ocean. Like, it why is a, Why is there a, a vase filled with seashells? Like an aquatic-themed bathroom? And Oh, yeah. like Or like a pirate, or chips and bottles and stuff. Because like, it, it's in like an aquatic theme, right? You're in, there's, there's toilet water. There's sink water. There's a shower. You are only allowed to have an aquatic theme if you live by the water or in the state of Florida. So if you're in if you're in uh, Arizona or Alabama, you don't want to see a turtle on a wall or something. Uh, not a sea turtle, or <laughs> I, I, maybe hold on, like, maybe a tortoise. Okay, I, I just think you should echo. Like, there's a reason why when you go to a cabin, you check into a cabin, they have bear stuff on the walls. Right, right. They have pine trees. It's reflecting the environment. Okay. But you know what? I understand. The thing is, I'm saying all this, guys. Growing up, I had a I had a sea bathroom. Your childhood bathroom. Oh, you would. What was die. the theme? Okay, when one of the houses that we moved in, one of my parents' friends was like an amateur painter, and each of the kids' bedrooms, we just got to like paint the. So like Johnny's room had like six foot tall every spongebob character in his room whoa Dero- this was like a true artist yeah like came and painted it on the wall were they good or was it they, like they were pretty good okay it wasn't like 
perfect, but it also wasn't like cringe and awful. But it was very like in my parents' bedroom, they had one of their entire walls was painted like a Mediterranean sunset. Oh my! <laughs> it was like the pure. This, oh wait, it was a sunset. Yeah, it was like pure Tuscan like above their bed or like yeah, like yeah. it looked like a it looked like a Olive Garden. I'm kind gonna of see vibe. if I can find it, but you know, like the Tuscan era of the 2000s where there yeah, was like under those, the tuscan sun like when those that olive oil things yes like, oh that's, yes that's the way my that took over kitchens big time tuscan kitchens which we were so familiar with <laughs> then and then we like grew to hate it but now i think the tuscan kitchen is genuinely coming back you think like, so or they're calling it like like the rich kids kitchen or the rich kids parents kitchen from the mid 2000s like really you know like a granite countertop you got you got yeah you got the bottles filled with all the olive oil in 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 peppers that you're never going to use but it's all for show maybe you have a couple fat italian chefs like <laughs> hanging around every couple of years there's some new kitchen like material that's hyped for oh we got the opal uh yes gra- it's granite this year it's whatever and it's like it, it's all the, it's all the same. Granite no one really though was cares. such like a, a huge flex back in the two thousands. And if you had granite countertops, it was like damn nice upgrade. What else? Now what, it's the wor- now people hate granite countertops. It's just fashion, man. It's it's it goes in a cycle. Um, we'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Rocket Money. It's the end of the year, and one of my favorite things to do is check my Rocket Money and see how much money I spent, how much I saved. Recheck those subscriptions because truly, Rocket Money has made such a difference in my life. Been using it for years. Truly one of the best things I've ever downloaded. Can't recommend it enough. Now, Matt, if I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list them all out and how much you're paying for each one? I hope so. And a lot of times we think we know, but it's the worst when you find out that you have a subscription that you've been paying for that you had no idea about. And that's where Rocket Money comes in. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I love Rocket Money because I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. And they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of your wasted money and and negotiate to lower your bills for you up to by 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users, some of which are lovely Hoot and a Half listeners. And if you're not one of these 5 million, certainly join. And Rocket Money has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting your money on things you do not use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hoot. That's rocketmoney.com slash hoot. Rocketmoney.com slash hoot. Download it, set it up, you won't regret it. Now back to the episode. Yeah, I I do love a good kitchen though. Do you have a favorite TED talk that you my favorite TED recall? talk? Actually, mine is uh Reggie Watts's TED talk. Oh, where he just doesn't say anything. He comes out, I don't know if you guys know who the comedian is, Reggie Watts. He's an incredible comedian and like musician, and he's like an improv guy. He comes out at TED Talk and he starts speaking, and like I think it's almost like fake Portuguese. It's not even real. Yeah, he's, he's saying ma- he makes everything up on and the he spot. comes out and he acts like he's just this uh professor but speaking a whole different language, and then he transitions into a whole other language talking, and then he changes up his just his whole American accent. And then he does like improv with his uh looper station too. He does music. It's he's a really great. good TED talk. And then there's another one about a woman who was a neuroscientist who had a stroke, and she talked about her stroke being a neuroscientist. Interesting. Because, like, 
It's interesting. Like it's like uh, if you were a cardiac surgeon and you actually have a heart attack. Oh, you learn a lot more. Yes. So it's interesting hearing her say this story about going through. I believe yeah, it's a stroke or it was a seizure. I can't remember, but I remember being very impressed with that TED talk. Oh, the other one that I know, the uh, Simon Sinek one. Start with why? Do you know this one? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a TED talk by this guy Simon Sinek. It was like. He's just some marketer guy that explained basically, you know how every commercial now or like every advertisement, you see them saying here at Quest Diagnostics, we believe everyone has the right to blah, blah, blah. And you hear that like as a phrase, we believe that you should have Yeah, they're just virtue signaling their own morals as a company. And that came all of that marketing came from his TED talk because he explained that the reason why Apple is such a successful company is because like we believe that artists should have access to the tools that they need. We also happen to make computers. They're not saying our computers have 12 gigabytes and they have these kind of screens. Like their commercial just says Is their like, personality. Yeah. If Michael Jordan and Gandhi and Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King were to use a computer, what would it be? And why would it be Apple? We all know it would be Apple. Why? It's because Apple believes in whatever. And, and now every single marketing thing is just people going, hear it. I mean, we love Awala, but like, let's yeah. not use Awala. Hear it. I don't know. <sighs> Here at Chuck E. Cheese, we believe every family has the like. It's just this. What is the motto for Chuck E. Cheese's? A damn good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's like where a kid can be a kid. Oh, that might be right. Or is that that's like McDonald's Fisher's play Price. place? McDonald's play place doesn't have Chuck E. Cheese motto. Where a kid can be a kid. That's Very Chuck good, e. Matt. Cheese. Very good. You're hired. You got the job. Do you, is there, what is your favorite, like, if there's a brand out there, is there one you're like, damn, that's a great-ass slogan? I love car slogans. Okay, so, like, Mazda, Zoom, yeah, Zoom? Yeah. I don't know, like, uh, there's a new one that just came out. It's like, oh, God. Does Tesla have a motto? Mm, no, I don't think so. Best car slogans. I think Let's mottos see. are kind of on their way out. You think so? I don't. <laughs> maybe. Uh, let's see here. What are your favorite car ad slogans of all time? Let's pull some up here. I just like the way that they, it, cause they have to do it in like three words. So one of them is like, <laughs> dodge domestic, not domesticated. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not. Is, is Wendy still wears the beef? I don't know. Do man. you remember, you know, you know that phrase though, right? <laughs> Where's the beef? It was that old lady. Land Rover turning drivers into mechanics since 1947. <laughs> I did not sign up to be a mechanic. No, that's the point. I don't think that's the real oh, motto. It's oh, like, I it's, was like, okay, I like, didn't even like put that much thought into it. It's just like, they're like, not, they're not great cars and you gotta, yeah. Eminem melts in your mouth, not in your hands. That's a good one. A good yeah, one. But I've never heard that before. Uh, oh, Coca-Cola, open happiness, sure. Just do it, I gotta say, though, I think is the most, like, overrated slogan of all Just time. Just do it? Just do it. I, I, I get it, though. It's so simple. Do you know why it's called Nike? I don't know why it's called Nike, but I know they got that from the guy who's about to get uh, executed. Do you know about this? For the, for the, the slogan, origin of the story, Nike. Why no, it's called the, Nike. The, you know what Nike means in Greek? Uh, round ball. <laughs> Close. I don't Not know. really. Far off. Uh, victory. <laughs> Oh, Nike means victory. And this was back in like the war days when a battle would happen. One person had kind of just watched to see who won and then would have to run in back to the town and run like, th- like hundreds and hundreds of miles to uh, announce it. And there was a story that there was like this kid who saw the battle and he had to go run back to the city to let them know. And he ran nonstop and he ran into the town finally when he got there and was saying, Nike, Nike, and he died and collapsed on the ground. That's really interesting because the words. Do you know where "just do it" came from? Uh, I'm gonna pull 
pull up the guy's name. It was inspired by the last words of Gary Gilmore, who in 1977, a, he was a convicted murderer. And they said, do you have any last words? And he goes, let's do it. And then that's where Nike took it from as a guy on like death row. And his last words were, let's do it. And then this uh, marketing agency, Wyden and Kennedy, took that and changed it from let's do it to just do it. Oh, my goodness. It's the words of a convicted murderer right before he. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? My last death row meal. I would want to say like a pizza, but then I don't want to go out with a burnt roof of my mouth. Because like if you, if it's too hot, and oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that to oh, be my but last. Where sensation. would the pizza be from? Domino's, or do you want the whatever the chef is on death death row to make? Maybe like a because, Roberta's, a Roberta's pizza. Yeah, maybe something like a New York style Where's Roberta's. Roberta's pizza. I've never heard of this. And there's one. <laughs> we're gonna get a hyper local here for a minute. There's one right in uh, Sportsman's Lodge where the Erewhon is. Oh, and it used to be right where I lived in Brooklyn. It's it's one of the most well hyped up. And best tasting pizzas so you in New get York. A pizza. That's it. Uh, but I, well, I'm that was my first instinct. But again, I don't want to bite into the cheese, burn the roof of my mouth, and that's the last sensation I have is a burnt roof of my mouth. And then they flip the switch. <laughs> that's I don't want to go out like that, man. So maybe something, uh, maybe like a I don't know, like a, like a steak and mashed potatoes, something hearty. I want to be full. Good. And take a little while. I don't want to get my you know. I don't but any st- uh, okay, yeah, I guess so. I understand, but it, just any steak. I think so. Filet mignon. I, I don't really know steaks that much. But. A sirloin steak, a baseball <laughs> mitt steak, right? I, What's that one called? Baseball mitt. Are you? Or a baseball glove? A glove steak? It's like the one that's like, it's like a fist. I don't know, man. Skirt steak? I don't know. I don't really know the difference, but um, have you heard about this? Uh, have you heard about this prank? If you're my parents right now and you're watching this, skip over the next skip five over minutes because. What's the You're going to hear about it eventually. Uh, this prank that kids are doing on their parents this holidays by sending them a fake Christmas card. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, first question I have for you is, do you guys, in during Hanukkah, do you guys send Hanukkah cards out to other families to be like, no, it's hey, a- just wishing you a happy Hanukkah. Here's our family. Do you, you ever f- get Christmas cards from people? Like once or twice. Okay. Not. I'm not. Do you in- know what it is though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in those circles though of like Christmas cards. Yeah. You send like a picture. You send a little update. You send a sweet note. Yeah. If usually you have a kid, it's like, oh, Tommy's doing well. He's in PGA baseball or whatever. Yes. And yeah. Uh, so I saw on okay. TikTok there's this trend where uh, people are sending their parents a fake Christmas card, at, and they act like it's from a very close friend of theirs, but this person doesn't exist. So they'll be like. Hey, or like, hey, Jim and, and Nancy. So you're going to mail it is, to them. This is, yeah, you can mail it or you just go get a card, write it, put the stamp on it, and then go put it in your parents' mailbox and then they'll open it up. Okay. So they get. And you make up a completely fake people. Yes, completely fake people. Okay. And you just troll them. And here, I'll show you. Can I play, can I play this? Yeah, let's TikTok hear it. clip. And we'll so put it on screen here. God, I love the trend of just Gen Z just completely fucking with boomers. Like when yeah. last year when it was uh, 
I don't know, someone died, like a, some celebrity died and the parents just lose their minds. I love when boomers get tricked by kids. It's so <laughs> now, good. Okay, so if you had to write your parents a fake Christmas card, how would you stage it? Do you think, like my brother and I were discussing right now, oh, should we should be one of mom's, we act like it's one of mom's old coworkers. Okay. Because my dad would instantly be like, wait, who are these people? And would go to LinkedIn. My mom would be like ambivalent where it's like, oh gosh, I just don't know who they are. <laughs> like, And then I, you're, when you write the Christmas card, you're writing and talking about like the Christmas card would say, oh, we hope Matt's doing well. And we yeah, Kevin's we just doing saw well. Matt and Patricia got uh, married. The, the ceremony looked fantastic. Okay. It's, like, it seems like yesterday we would uh, go. I, I want to find out like my parents' favorite bar that maybe they used to go to in the 80s. Oh, I but, see, like, I see. I think the more specific you get And to you make it like that, they were such good friends. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like, give Nibbler a kiss for us. Like, you, like, you bring in like their dog and they're like, who the fuck <laughs> are these people that I don't know who? who? This is pretty good. I it like is this. It's good. And so my brother has been uh, getting to drafting and I think. We're trying to come up with like a name of who it's from. Uh, Are you going to film it? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're doing like Richard and Jennifer Spears. Oh, that's good. That's like a pretty good like vague like do we know them kind of a thing. Okay. And I well, think they, they have children of their own. Yes, uh, they have a daughter named Christy. My brother already is like. Uh, we're building a full set here. Yeah, that's great. But <laughs> yeah, I, and we're thinking about making like. My mom's from Indiana, so we're going to make it like an Indianapolis return address. Oh, wow. And, yeah, just really fuck with them. So just commit mail fraud, folks, this holiday season. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How, when was the last time you sent something in the mail? Um, Pretty oh. frequently. I do. Uh, I write checks to charity every month, and I have to put it in the mailbox. Okay. It's kind do of, you own a lot of stamps? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to go and get stamps. It's like... I. It's such a silly thing. Why can't we just like... Print out a QR code or something. Uh, what I don't like is that you. I do you have like an outgoing mailbox here? Like, if you want to mail something, can you just put a letter in your front mailbox? You know what? But you have to put up in the little red flag, right? Yeah, but no, I don't think in California or Los Angeles and New York too. Like when I grew up, my house, you yes. put mail in the mailbox, put and then the, the mailman would come and take what was ever in there and then mail it. But you would have to put the red flag up potentially, or like there's something to put up to let the mailman know that there's something in there. But now. They do not collect mail from individual houses. I have to go to the blue box, like on Ventura, and walk to the nearest blue mailbox and put it in the mailbox because that's the only place that the mailman will collect mail from. I don't know if it's a Los Angeles thing or like a worldwide thing, but I definitely remember. I bet it depends on like certain com- cities and communities. Like I feel like if you're out in the suburbs, you can put shit in your mailbox. Like the like- mailman stops door to door. Yes. And he stops at my door. But he can't pick up like two hundred envelopes just stuffed in there. That's no, like too no. much. No, if you're running a business, they yeah. don't they don't do that. They don't take packages or anything. Not like packages, that. but like a letter. I would love to be able to just you know. So sometimes if I hear the mail truck, I'll run out and hand them the mail, like the letter, just so I don't have to run to the to the mailbox. But I do like the uh, the artistry and like the physicality of writing the letter, closing the envelope, putting the stamp on, using your handwriting. I did get myself one of those uh, address stamps. Click, click. Nice. I customize one on Amazon because the return address is always the same. That's such a good flex. It's, dude, I love it. My best friend's dad growing up was like a lawyer, and we would just always be upstairs at, on his like dad's desk, and he would we would just fidget with the the stamps. A so custom we would just stamp, give, like <laughs> tattoos of like his attorney business all in our arms. A custom stamp feels real good. It is. It's nice. Do um oh you was even better though. It's like a good wax stamp. I mean, that's, oh, I, yeah, that's a like, little much. That's a guy who has like a curly mustache and, like, <laughs> and <a> monocle <laughs> and wax tips. Yeah, and has like a, and does it by candlelight. You know what piece of technology that I wish I experienced? 
but we never had. I uh, guess they uh, were ink and quill pen. No. Okay. This one, like, I think is genuinely useless now. <laughs> what? A pager. Oh, I mean, it's kind of like getting a text message now. Right. But the moment of, like, having a pager, though, it was, I think it looked so cool. It looked like you were, like, a Power Ranger or, like, <laughs> it was just this little gizmo you would clip on. Yeah, it's, get like a more, it's almost like a, a Morse code digitized because you don't really get full messages. It would be like short codes or just How a phone number. How did you have to send a message on a pager? Did you have to, you had to call a number and then tell a you person call, what you want to say and then... You would call the number and then you would type in a number into the pager. That would spell out a word? No, no, just it was only numbers. But you would put in your... Oh, so that's why in Home Alone 3 when the dad gets a pager it says 911 meaning like emergency emergency oh so it was never text hurry no 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 it was only phone numbers and back then also most people weren't using all 10 digits because it's like you live in the same town so you don't need the area code you don't need the 212 or the 818 or whatever you just do the you know 443-8811 or whatever it is okay so you get an extra three digits to be like one three four. I love you. Or and I bet, like at your job, you have to memorize like a bunch of codes, short to codes, to yeah. Remember. And maybe it went a little bit longer. Like maybe there was like a scrolling thing where you could scroll past it. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Talkspace. You know, it's okay if the holidays aren't so cheery. The days are getting shorter. Issues with your family can sometimes come to a head. But online therapy with Talkspace can help you feel better and will give you the tools you need to navigate this time of the year with your mental health supported. With Talkspace, you don't have to wait to get an appointment or travel to an office. You're able to access your provider from the comfort of your device. With Talkspace, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider who is right for you, typically within 48 hours. It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. And there's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It is mental health care made easy. Talkspace can also help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 150 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and so much more. So as a listener of this podcast, you will get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash HH. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash HH to get $80 off your first month and to show your support for the show. That is Talkspace.com slash HH. Now back to the episode. You know what would have been a fun job? It's now obsolete, but I guess there's different variations of it now a telegram like a telegram person mm. you got like someone gives you a little note and then you have to go into an establishment being like we're looking for mr johnson mr johnson <laughs> a telegram sir yeah like, kind of fun how do they you have a message you gotta hunt them down i know and they but and they were transmitted by wire too that's the craziest thing oh like morse code well that's how they got you the message oh that's the reason because that was a telegram do, 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 yeah do, do you know morse code i i don't know morse code i feel like it's really difficult to learn but i feel like once you know it it's probably one of those things that just kind of sticks with you but hopefully somebody else knows morse code i always feel like in a movie it comes down like oh sos they're doing the morse code do and you then... know the morse code for sos no but i should it, it, it's is the it easiest one dots and it's diz or it was three like... it's three fast three slow three fast Three slow, three fast, three slow, three fast. You just keep repeating that. That's S O S O S O S. Like if you ever if you ever need Morse code, that's like the one. Usually it's like good with like a flash, but hopefully you can spot if someone's like shining a flashlight. That's I always like think in, it's uh, like that's when it's important. Is like the a murder at the end of the world. Yes. Also, Panic Room. Have you ever seen Panic Room with Jodie Foster? Yeah, I Kristen watched it once. And I turned it off. I was too scared. <laughs> 
dude, it's David Fincher. I know. I it's gotta rewatch that, it. I got not that scary. It's Mike. just like the poster and like the vibe of it. I watched when I was like really young, and it really scared me. I was like, I don't want to. Jared Leto's in that too. Yeah, I want to watch his first movie, The Game. I haven't seen that one. Apparently, it's oh, really good. Oh my goodness, I Michael know. Douglas, The I know. Game. If you guys have never seen the movie The Game, I highly recommend it. It's Michael Douglas, and he's like this rich guy, and he gets. Um, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just giving you the premise. Also, shout out to he gets this crazy birthday gift. Um, Flynn, who works at Letterboxd, that followed both of us, and I can't believe that we're gonna do something with Letterboxd in the next year. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm stoked. Follow me on Letterboxd, please. <laughs> Letterboxd is awesome. It's because right now, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes was always like the go-to place if you needed to know if a movie was good or not to watch, and. I never trust IMDb ratings. If you're looking at IMDb ratings, what are you doing? It used to be in like 2004, 2005. That was the place. They had their message board on the bottom of each movie too, and you would like talk about it. Yeah, I used to be. I used to go on IMDb message boards a lot. I they would like announce a movie years in advance. And it's the only way you can find out. Ooh, Johnny Depp's doing a new movie, or like Johnny right. Depp's whatever. And then there would be message boards underneath it, and that's they got rid of the message boards on IMDb. But their ratings are so off sometimes. I know it'll be like their top 250 is not a good 250. Uh, but then. Rotten Tomatoes was really reliable, but then, I, I don't know, I feel like they kind of started losing it. Well, the thing is, you know what? I admire real movie critics. They do matter. It's a fun position, and the critics, the Academy, they got to have a place where they vote and give their stuff. But Letterboxd, everybody who's on Letterboxd genuinely loves film. Yes. So you're getting, like, you know how, like, you go to Reddit a lot just to get the public opinion for something, like, you... Every time you Google like a question yeah, or yeah. you Google Reddit because everyone on Reddit usually is saying there's a good upvote mm -hmm. community. I feel like Letterboxd is like that. So instead of checking out Rotten Tomatoes, I always go to Letterboxd. Rotten Tomatoes feels a little binary. It's like, is it good or is it bad? And it's also, you're just getting a consensus of a bunch of different people that you don't know or necessarily care about and don't have the same taste as you. Yeah. So like, in, in Rotten Tomatoes is an echo of the time when it was released. Right. Some movies have aged like wine where... Actually, it's better now that years have passed yes, because yes. it's such a fun moment in time. It was so ahead of its time that no one got it, and then and also just tracking the movies that you want to watch, like all yes. that, all those features are really good. Because I hate sitting down and you're scrolling and you have no clue what you want to watch. But it's good to have like, oh, let me check my letterbox. What's on my watch list? And then also, I like the reviews are sometimes so funny. Like the people who make the lists of like, yes. you know, movies where a redheaded person like doesn't speak for the entire movie or something. <laughs> yeah. and it's like two movies, and it's like this is great. Um, one other piece of technology that I would like to use is an abacus. Have you ever used one? I know what an abacus is. That's the it's an old math thing and it has like the little balls on it and yeah. you move them around. Is it a way just to keep track of whatever it is you're calculating and then it's like a way to hold the equation where it's at and then you add more things to it? It is a wooden frame. I'm asking our good friend ChatGPT. I saw some like math whiz kid video and they were doing like math really, really quickly. And the way that this like child was doing it was they were visualizing an abacus in their head. No, and the one where the their... kids count really fast and they move their fingers up and down like that. Like, yeah. So if they give these for the people who don't know, there are these videos of these kids who are in these like excelled math classes. It looks like almost like a Kumon or Sylvan Learning Center. It doesn't look like it's at an actual school that they're yeah, at. Yeah. And they're teaching and they rapidly show like uh, five minus three plus two. It looks like they're almost learning how to count cards in, in blackjack. <laughs> Times six minus four divided by nine. That's basically what counting cards is. Yes. But you got to have it down to a code. But uh, they're doing. I think I, I read that they're doing like an abacus in their head because when an abacus I'm reading here, it is for doing addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. 
which is kind of nuts that you can it's, it was like basically a computer but a it was calculator kind of cal- calculator yeah which is crazy that was an, would be a great name if it wasn't what it was like a like a person's name you know how like these like certain names actually would be beautiful like chlamydia <laughs> i don't know man that's a kind of a crazy name okay wait you're saying i could if chlamydia wasn't chlamydia That's but what an if people actually like. named their kids chlamydia yeah is, wait is that an abacus for babies yeah who is oh, buying that for their child I like, them, they have no fucking clue what they're doing i mean i think that's the point it's a child's toy and they learn how to do math on it it, Ikea sells it. $13. Maybe I'll buy you one for... Do you have to build holidays. it yourself and put all those little beads on no, it? No, I'm I sure it comes assembled. I hope it's a little bit more uh, better assembled. I'm going to learn how to use an abacus, and we're going to bring one on set here, and I'm going to become a math whiz. I'm going to try this Carl Trance thing one more time. Yeah, try it. Let's let's try it one more time. I really would like to hear if this works. What is an abacus, and how does it work? An abacus is an ancient counting tool made of beads on rods within a frame. You move the beads to perform addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division by sliding them along the rods. No, I re- now this is coming back to me. I didn't think it sounded like Scarlett Johansson. I thought it sounded like Rashida Jones. Oh, it does a little bit. Yeah, is it, it Rashida does. Jones? Let me ask. Uh, Rashida Jones, chat, GPT, voice. Sky voice is clearly Rashida Jones. Oh, people are just, that's the opinion. That's on Reddit. It. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's officially... Uh, Interesting. Oh, and they, I guess they have different characters here that I can select from. Interesting. I love ChatGPT. You know what I found out last night, though? What did you find out? You know Home, you know Home Alone pretty well? Not really. Um, but tell me about it. Well, Home Alone, the house, is real. The outside of the house is real. But In the Chicago? inside is a set. But the set... They actually did at a school gymnasium, and the scene in the basement where the uh, the water like is flooding in because you know, they're the wet bandits, and that's their trademark. Okay, it was in a, a school uh, natatorium. It's in a high school pool. Really? Yeah. And the whole house is in a really like with a staircase in the in a gymnasium. Yeah, they built it all in a gymnasium. Kind of crazy. Where in California? Probably Chicago. Mm. Yeah, like that's where John Hughes filmed a lot of his movies. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The high school is the same high school in the Breakfast Club, like the outside of it. Mm. Yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> I know that. Not that much fair. Um, and you're going to uh, Portland, Oregon? I'm for going, Yes, I am. I don't want to give too much about the details of okay. like, where I'm going to be at and stuff, but I'm very excited to see the Oregon coast. It's going to be whale watching week while we're there. Hopefully oh. we get to see some whales because right now that's when whales make the biggest migration. Um, down south, I don't know wherever the whales are going, but they're passing right by the Oregon coast while we're out there. Maybe you is, a couple of binoculars? I think so. I love mm. good binoculars, man. Do you? Yes. When by because uh, when you find yourself in certain situations where you're like, a pair of binoculars would be really cool to have yeah. right now. I can't remember the last time I looked through a pair. My dad had some growing up, and I do remember it being really fun to look through them. Oh, they're so fun. Or go to a sports game. Oh, that's where you see him a lot. Your your guy with his back to the end of the stadium, and he's got it has this little binocs on. Yeah. And uh, yo, last time I was looking at them, I was at the Patricia's grandparents' lake house, and we were playing with them some binoculars. That was pretty fun. And uh, what are you doing for New Year's? I don't have any plans. I haven't left. I haven't done anything the last two years. For New Year's? Yeah, we usually just have a few friends, whoever's in L.A. at the house. Uh, that's what we did last year and I think the year before. And it's great. Just no pressure, no tickets. That's what I'm kind of leaning into lately about New Year's is 
it's better just to get away from your friends and do something that you want, especially if you have a significant other. Because New Year's plans, it's always someone's like, let's do this. No, these other people want to do this. And there's a time crunch. you got to get down to it. And then you have to go to this event. And then it's like, oh, it's $300 just to get in per person. And everyone's like, what the hell? That doesn't seem worth it. And it's always just this fucking hoobla. And then you're waking up the next day, like, hungover, tired exhausted probably didn't have the best time because it's never as fun as it's up no. to be like oh we're gonna go we're gonna go see i don't know some dj at some club and it's like why and, why and i hate after when new year's though if it's a countdown to 10 and if they don't play all dang sign i hate it <laughs> you have to play that song no i like when they play a, like a good bruno mars song i think <laughs> Shoot me, <laughs> but I all like sign. I just I think that's just the what perfect. song is that? How does that go? Uh, all the acquaintance be forgot and all the grand old flag sign. It's the only time of the year where you can hear that song. You're not playing that song any other time of the year except greeting into the new year. Okay, it has to happen. Are you going to queue it up when you're wherever you are? I bet no. The place that we're going to, I'm. For sure that they're going to be playing it. I know it's that cup of joint. Though Patricia and I, we know nobody at this thing. And we're probably going to be the youngest people there. Oh. Like, it's probably going to be a bunch of people in their 60s there. Really? Mm -hmm. That's kind of sick. Yeah. I'm fired up for it. And then what I'm really fired up for is then on our way back from Portland, we're taking the train. The Amtrak train. And we have a roomette. What is a roomette? A roomette is like your tiny own private, like car with a bed with a bed two beds like a bunk bed situation okay and i even think your own toilet which i think is like that's kind of weird that the toilet is in the fucking room how long is this train ride 30 hours <sighs> but you get to see the entire oregon coast going down uh all is the way. it over i guess it's overnight as well then yeah uh yeah yeah that's that's a that's like a day and a half and then there's like a dining car where you can like uh is it a car or a cart Car, car. It's a car, dining car. You get to go like have like a three course like meal, and then there's like a, another car where you get in, and the windows go all the way like around it, and That's you can fun. like sit facing the window too. God, I wish we had rapid transit. If there was a train that took like I don't know twelve hours from New York to L.A. instead of taking a flight, one hundred percent of the time, twelve hours you would take it. There even if one... it was like fifteen, I would do it. You're telling me it's thirty hours to go from Oregon to, to L.A. Yeah, that's from that's not fast enough across the country. I mean, if we were like Japan or one of these countries that actually invests in infrastructure, they could probably do like a ten. Do you hour... know why America doesn't have that good of a railway system? Do you know like the main reason why? Yeah, I, I don't think know. What I know is What's, right. what have you heard? Because the, the 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 railroads are like privately owned. Oh, interesting! Like from so, it's the oil. not own, like highways are like that's public, pu- public. Gov- the government, like, why doesn't funds the government them? build rail? That's because, the job. like the ra- the thing is though, the, it's already railroads. but the rails have already been built. The people who own them need to like allow like to share them with the government. But we just why don't we just have more? Why it's not like you know we build more roads you have to buy all the, the land, time because then you have to buy the land that it's on crossing through and stuff. Oh. There's like there's there's. There is some sharing political that nonsense. does go on, but it's so complicated that but you have to using... go through people's like farmlands and be like, "Hey, can we build this railroad track right through your crops?" Like, there's a whole God process. I just wish though that I would do that. I would go every weekend. I'd go to New York once a week, once a month. Yeah, just hop on a train, go to sleep, wake up. You're in New York. Didn't have to leave the ground. Maybe one day, folks, when uh, when I run for president, we'll uh, we'll get a rail system going. Oh, um, uh, I've been watching The West Wing. 
by our good friend Aaron Swinger. Dude, <laughs> The West Wing. I can't believe it came out in 1999. Who's in it? Um, Martin Sheen is the president. Okay. Bradley Whitford, my favorite actor, is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, little Elizabeth Moss is in it. She's the president's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like probably, I don't know, 16 in it. Does she, is it like, can you tell it's her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Patricia almost didn't recognize her at first. because That's I what got I'm saying. Pat- if you're like that young, it's... Um, oh, uh, Rob Lowe mm. is in it. Bunch of other people. Um, How many seasons are we at talking here? Seven. But every episode is good. It's really I yeah, Mike. You love Aaron. Uh, I know. I know. It makes you like really respect. Like I mean, it's also TV. It's not always like that in real life. Right. But working in the White House looks so fucking cool. Have you ever been inside of the White House? No. No. I would love to be invited. That would be cool if they did like a podcast. Do you know how the White House like works at all? Because I have a question. Uh, We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Factor. This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Oh my, y'all. I have to say how much I've been enjoying Factor. I've always been interested in these uh, prepared meals that show up at your door. I've tried a lot of different services, and sometimes I've been a little disappointed with what I've gotten. Factor arrived. I had not only one, two, three. I had the whole set that they provided me, and these meals were delicious. And it wasn't even just the meals that I was enjoying, too. They have incredible smoothies as well. Great fruit smoothies. There's a mango one. There's Protein a tropical shakes. blend. There's protein shakes. There's ones that have coffee in it. I would look forward to it every time, and I cannot wait to order more meals from Factor. Can I tell you that I actually ordered a set of Factor meals with our code? You did? Yeah, because, I, I mean, they gave us the trial, and I loved it so much that I literally used our code, which oh. you'll hear at the end of this. Um, and here's a little bit and more I think about it. you liked the vegetarian options, It was amazing. Too. Truly oh. amazing. I loved it. Um, here's a little bit more about Factor. You can cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning, and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. So, yeah, treat yourself to some high-quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from over 35 chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. Whether it's calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus, and more wholesome options. Factor isn't just for dinner. You can count on extra convenience any time of day with an assortment of over 55 add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. You can choose from quick breakfast items, lunch on the go, grab-and-go snacks, and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies, which we love. With Factor, you can rest assured that you are making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% of renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. Head to factormeals.com slash hoot50 and use code hoot50 to get 50% off. That is code hoot50 at factormeals.com slash hoot50 to get 50% off. Get yourself some factor meals. Eat well, feel good, and uh, use our code for 50% off. We'll see you back in the episode. I used to so, confuse like, the, the White House of, and the Capitol. Chief of Staff, like all these people who work there, like the Deputy Chief of Staff, Communications mm-hmm. Director, are those people hired on when the new president gets into the White House? Or do those people stay in those positions and work for whoever the new uh, administration is? I think there's like some people that are the same, and then there's pe- like a transition team that 
sometimes you you hire your own chief of staff, you get your own secretary of state. But I do think some people will but, stay through multiple presidents. So the like, people who are the chief of staff, it's their first time being the chief of staff. It's it just sounds intense that like there's every four years these new people have to enter this building and run the country. But sometimes I feel like maybe Biden's chief of staff was someone who worked like under Obama's chief of staff. So okay. they it's it's all about who you worked for previously. So that's why a lot of people want to work on campaigns. Cause then if you work on like, let's say Mitt Romney's campaign and he made it to the general election, but he didn't win the people who worked on his campaign now have way more experience than someone who didn't. Mm-hmm. So like you might find yourself in a better position to get hired at the white house, even if you didn't necessarily win the election. Okay, that makes sense. I really want to just go into the place. I've heard that. It's I've not read that. that cool? the, well, no, that, uh, the way that the white house and the government in DC works is much more like veep than the West wing. It's just uh, a bunch of bumbling idiots who yeah. don't know what they're doing. And like everyone hates each other. And it's just like, pulling strings and being silly and it's not as they're not as competent and like intelligent and really have you ever met a president i don't even think i've seen a president with my own eyes really yeah you never never saw obama you've seen obama with your own eyes i've seen obama three times where uh first time was when he was running for president the first time at the reunion arena in Dallas, which isn't even there anymore. That was like 2007. Okay. And then I saw him at South by Southwest. Weren't you with me? He opened up for oh, I didn't go Jay to that. Cole. Yeah, I didn't go Why to that. Why didn't you go to that? I, I, I don't know. I, I missed it. And I can't remember the third time. I think it was when he was running. Like, I saw time. Bernie Sanders a few times. That was kind of cool. Oh. But he didn't win. But that was cool to see like a... Yeah, and then I saw I've seen Jimmy Carter with my own eyes. Jimmy Carter, that's a good one. Yeah, Jimmy Carter was speaking at UT one time, and I had a free ticket. I was like, I'm gonna go. It was a very boring conversation, but <laughs> said I saw a president. You know, when someone's the president after they're president, you still address them as Mr. President. Yes, and even if you're like best friends with them, you should still call them Mr. President. I don't know about best friends. I know someone who's very close with Obama, like very, very close. Okay, and they and they're both equally very successful, and. This guy told me that he always still calls Barack Mr. President. Mr. President. Yeah. And, like, talking about going on, like, vacations and shit. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you show up to my house for, like, you know, we're going to go watch the game. I'm like, oh, Mr. President, come on in. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get to say that, though? Uh, it's know. kind of like a badass title. Well, I, do you? Th- so, it was a big scandal when Jon Stewart called him dude on an interview. There was, like, the... the, the Who did Jon Stewart call dude? Obama. Oh, he, there, it was like one of his first interviews with Obama, and he goes, "Dude, I don't know about that." And like people were like, "This is so disrespectful." And I'm just like, oh, "It doesn't." Silly. I th- you know, I feel like if I met Obama, I'd. I'd what's what up, about dude? if? Do you think if someone's a doctor, you should address them as doctor so and so? I have a weird thing about that, like Mister and Mrs. I, I I never like that when you know you're growing up and your friends' parents will go, "It's Mister." whatever yeah. i'm like okay dude like i just heard this seven different people call you by your first right. name i like I i'm don't glad wanna... my father-in-law like just lets me like call him by his first pete. name pete yeah but it's funny his father-in-law like patricia's grandpa till the day her grandpa died her grandpa demanded that her dad could still call him like mr stevens mr stevens all the way like never got to call him like, his, his, his own dad no his uh no his father his father-in-law Oh, his father-in-law. Oh, yes. Jeez. All the way. Yeah, that's like some <laughs> Southern American traditional, like, yeah. I don't know, first generation, do like, we don't... But sometimes, like, if someone's a surgeon and they're a doctor, I'm calling you doctor so-and-so. 
I you I tend to. I'm probably wrong here. I'm gonna say that I'm probably wrong. But well, it, it depends. Like if they're easygoing, but if they, you could tell if like a doctor wants that kind of like status or yes. they earned it. It's a little bit of a vanity play, I think, for some people. Other times it is, a, but like if they're in their professional environment, if they're in the OR and they're in the hospital, of course it's doctor. But if you're having a beer with your boys, like I have a friend who's a doctor. Omri is a doctor. I would never call him. Oh, right. As Doctors like an e- uh, as an equal. No, but I don't know. Well, they got not an they equal. Got, they he got went to be, med school. True, but I think then calling him doctor, they got to be at least like 15 years older than you. Oh, it's like a sign of respect for an adult. Yeah. But we are adults now. Like, we are. True. But, but I, I, I think I like saying doctor. Like, that's cool. Oh, this is a question I had. Was mm-hmm. any of the teachers at your elementary school, or like just all of your primary education, education. were there any teachers who were doctors? Definitely not. Okay. No, my teachers were woefully unqualified. There was only one at our school who was like a genuine doctor, and you would call that person doctor. Maybe in high school I had a doctor, and we called him doctor something. I know in college that was a big thing, but it was professor, like whatever. If you're a judge, your do honor? people go around... Okay, but you're only your honor in the court? Like, are people still calling you your honor outside of the courtroom, or do they call you judge? Like, like at the like, Wendy's drive through <laughs> That'll be yes, 595, your honor. Yeah. <laughs> Pull on up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know these. I feel like a lot of these uh, is, formalities are, are kind of leaving. Is society. there anybody, you know, this is like a little bit of like ethical clout chasing. Is there anybody who in your life who you want to be friends with that is like a certain op- occupation? Like it's always good to be friends with a lawyer and be friends with a doctor. Yeah. Um, but like it would be so be it would be so cool to be friends with like an astronaut. And like that's kind of sick. Who yeah. Who so tight with where you could ask them like. Just text them anything and just yes, be like, hey, yes. like, what happens? Like, how do you poop in space? Like, well, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know who he is. Yes. my One of my friends <coughs> is, like, his head of social media. Right, I met him. You met Neil deGrasse Tyson? No, I met your friend oh, who yeah. works for him. At, like, in, in... I would love to have him on this podcast. And, was like, he, Neil deGrasse Tyson on Joe's podcast? No, he was on Dropouts. Dropouts. Yeah. Like, he would do it. I just can't believe if Neil deGrasse Tyson would just come into my home. Yeah, that'd be, wouldn't that be sick? I This is where my genuine biggest weakness is. It's like, I don't think I would be able to hold a great conversation with Neil deGrasse Tyson. First so, of all, I disagree with that. You can have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. B, he's an educator, so that's his point, is to talk with people who aren't scientists. And just and break it down, <laughs> let you know that there's matter. Yeah. And Adams. I also have read like two of his books and watched so many of his interviews. So if anything ever stumbles, I can yes. jump in and be like, "Tell me about space." <laughs> so yeah, 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 it'd be cool. To know An astronaut would be cool. I think though, you know, knowing like a doctor is cool. But if you really need a doctor, your buddy's not going to help you. Like if you need to go to the hospital, that phone call is not going to save you. Right. I think True. being friends with like, hmm, I th- you know uh, someone who's like. In the ticketing world of some sort, where they can get you tickets to something, that yeah. I think is a friend I'd want to have. Like the person who owns SoFi Stadium. Okay, or... and they're getting you the proper ticket. They're not like a scalper. No, 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 no. I mean like you're you're in with someone who, I don't know, can just get you tickets to any show you want. Or a sports, like, oh, I know the guy who yes. works for... Uh, for free. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, like you get the box, you go in, you have everything. You walk in through the... Like yes. VIP entrance for any sort of stadium ticketing thing. I'd love to be or able to. Or a friend who owns a boat. I'll never own a boat, but always be have a friend who owns a boat. Yeah, you can Airbnb one for a day and get a captain. Yeah, but like, it's just cool. Like, I don't know. But you're comfortable on but it. But imagine I knew someone and it's like there's nothing to do on a Tuesday. And I go, why don't we go to the Lakers game? And we just, me and you just go to a Lakers game and we have box seats and everything's paid for. Because yeah. we just know the guy who does the Lakers seats. Um, 
I have a question though about scalpers. Do you know anything about scalpers? I know a lot. What I used to be one. You used to scalp? No, 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 no. Um I've always would think like a scalpers documentary would be so cool. Like if you mic'd up scalpers and like and they agreed to it, but you like film them from afar, but you just hear their conversations between each other and like just what the deals are going on. It's just so and, corrupt. Because like, I want to know how much did they get for the original ticket? And the time is crunching. They're trying to sell these tickets. And they you're have talking to about make... the people right outside the venues? Yes. Or like the like online t- ones? Like, but sometimes when I'm there, they're never selling the tickets. They're asking for tickets. Sometimes they're asking for tickets, like extra ticket. And then they, they feel like they're going to be able to resell one. Is it that common for people just to show up at places with extra tickets? I've done it before. You know what? I actually fucking should have done that for the 1975. I tried to resell it on Ticketmaster. I had an extra ticket. And I, I also to... think the the word scalper is no longer... Uh, oh, is it offensive? I think so. I think Ooh. the word is reseller now. Why were they called scalpers? Because I think it's it was like Native Americans. Like, were they trying to rip you off? I don't really know. Um, Maybe pardon any offense to the scalping, or you know what? I just will stop saying it. But you know what? It's okay. This is educational. I'm, yeah, we're I, learning. Hopefully, we're, I don't get canceled for using that No, no, that word. I think you're fine. We're just we're learning here. It's every, you know, this is society grows and changes but is one it by that one. That much bang for your buck? Like, are they going home with like? couple hundred dollars i guess it all depends on how much tickets they came into in originally it is a risk too right like if they're saying hey any extra tickets and they buy it off you for i don't know 20 bucks over are they sure they're going to now sell it or are they now going to be stuck having spent 80 bucks and they can't resell it because it is you're right like once that once that show starts people who are late are usually not the ones who are going to be buying tickets do you think they ever just go in (laughs) oh maybe just go see the show at that point take the loss Mm mm-hmm Hmm. Are you going to watch the Taylor Swift concert now that it's like Maybe. available for streaming? You know what's crazy right now? It's 20 bucks to rent. Like I feel like if you it's 20 bucks, it? you should be able to buy it. And own it? I think eventually she's going to roll it out and let people be able to buy it. That's actually one thing. I, I would buy it for 20 bucks because then you can always like pop it on. It looks pretty cool. I used to do movies, rentals, and buying on YouTube. But I found out that YouTube, when you do that, it only maxes out at 720 which is insane. I have a 4K TV, and I was like watching... Asteroid City, and it was like I could like see when some did you art. Rent it? When did you do this? Like a couple weeks ago. It's not streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh geez, well whatever. I rented it on YouTube, and I saw like some artifacting, and I like went to my settings, and I tried to bump it up to 4K, and it YouTube just doesn't that have 4K. Still, but still, on when you rent a movie on just your TV, there's an HD option and like an SD option. I know. Is the SD, but no, SD it's even is the like HD. a buck cheaper, and usually you can't even see the difference. Right? Uh, it's well, usually like five ninety nine, and then but for SD. I've read that Apple is the best place. They they actually stream their stuff in four K. Okay, but YouTube <gasps> does not, which is like kind of nuts. Uh, did you see Asteroid? Wait, did you? Like I did. It? I didn't. I know it's probably good for me. I didn't really didn't really resonate with me. I kind of am like over Wes Anderson. Did you watch his shorts that he made for Netflix? No, that's uh, that's the one I want to see. Oh, it feels yeah. like his last few movies were a little bit style over substance. Like I would love to see How him dare you do a movie with none of his gimmicks, like none of this. Like I think now he's really leaning into the stage. Like he loves the yeah he, like, it's the very drama, the play. It's yes. very theatrical. But I would love to see, like Royal Tenenbaums. Was, yes, or he Rushmore. needs to strip it down. Yeah, and take out. You can still have the style, but make it just way more human because it's yes. so two-dimensional yes and there's depth there is meaning behind a lot of his stuff i but... know but it's to me it's more like reading a comic book than getting yeah. into like a film yeah which is great i get it i understand it it's just for me i'm a little bit like eh. rushmore perfect film asteroid city could have read that as a comic it book so it was i love that ending though like margot robbie is on the balcony 
I don't even remember it really. Oh, I got to rewatch it. Yeah. We're about to hit the cameras again. I think we might be done. Oh, really? It's been an hour. Well, thanks for uh, watching this episode. Happy New Year. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's been an amazing year. It's been a wild year for me, but but the best year of my life, getting married. But you know what's so exciting is that all of that is over, and now it's just a new horizon. And I'm so excited to bring you guys along on the journey. Exciting things are coming. Um, But once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. I hope that you're enjoying it because you deserve it. And we'll see you in 2024. Well, big kisses.